and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast. Uh, I'm joined today by the lovely Laura Shufflebotham from Sense Financial. Uh, Laura is a financial advisor, um, and we are going to chat to you today about pensions. Um, It's a topic that comes up regularly on the group, um, and I do get asked uh, a lot about it from clients and pensions and things like that is not my strong point. Uh, so today, so today we're not going to talk to you about finances and tax. Uh, we are coming at it from a different angle, and we're going to talk to you about pensions. Um, what we're going to do is uh, Laura's going to just let you guys know a bit about herself uh, and the company and the services that she offers, uh, and then we have been sent in some questions uh, that people wanted answered uh, regarding pensions and what to do with them and how much you're supposed to put in and all that sort of jazz. So welcome, Laura. Hi, thanks for having me. That's all right. Thanks for taking the time out for doing it. Um, Laura also uh, is dealing with my mortgage at the minute and I'm surprised she's got any hair left um, mm. because <laughs> it's been a bloody nightmare. Um, <laughs> do you want to just give people a bit of background on you, Laura, and, and your company and, and what services you offer? Yeah, sure. So uh, I've been in financial services for over 20 years. I've worked in insurance, banking and uh, more recently in the financial advice world. So I provide advice in all areas. So so like Vicky's just mentioned, I do the mortgages, uh, insurance to protect you. So that's sort of your life insurance, income protection for self-employed. Uh, I do a lot of family protection as well. And then I do around the investments and the wealth management side of it, which is more around what we're going to talk about today, sort of your pensions, uh, using your tax allowances, uh, tax planning and things like that. So I cover all areas. Uh, pensions is where I spend the majority of my time advice wise I do enjoy working in the pensions world uh, I work with a company called Sense Financial which are based in Manchester I see most of my clients on video these days <laughs> uh, and we're part of the open work um, network uh, as, as a firm and uh, we go through all that that information as, as part of uh, introducing new clients fabulous so what I guess you, you you do a lot of pension stuff. Is that your favourite or your least favourite, or do you have like an order of preference? <laughs> yeah, I like the I like the pension planning because it's very it's more personal because you're like planning for the future. There's, you can do like cash flow forecasting. People are talking about what their objectives are, what they want to enjoy. Quite a lot of people, especially because a lot of my clients tend to be sort of under fifty. Right. Um, and it's they haven't really thought about it. So it's not until you have the conversation and look at what their costs are now, how that's likely to change. What is it they want to do when they retire? Do they want to go part time? You know, uh, and, and just having the conversation to then we can fit the plan around that. People just know that they should be putting into a pension. And that's as far as the process has usually got uh, from, from a thought point of view before we start having these conversations. So I find that really interesting. As you uh, touched on before, mortgages are hard work, <laughs> uh, particularly for self-employed clients. And there's a lot of hoops to jump through. So um, pensions um, gives me less of a headache. <laughs> yeah, we'll not go into that. Um do you think I I well you know you've you dealt with my pension and I only did it what last year or the year before can't even remember. Yeah. Uh, do you think 
that people are thinking about it more now at a younger age than they were maybe 10 years ago? Yeah, I think people think about it more now. And that's because years ago, a lot of people stayed in the same employment. They had these final salary schemes. Mm. They knew the pension was taken care of by the employer when more and more people are self-employed now even if you are employed you're using an auto-enrollment scheme which isn't going to give you anything exciting so people are more mindful of it that said I still think people think about it later than they should yeah what I guess well well, a question then for me is what would be the ideal age then because I mean I'm only 36 and I you know I did it last year so I'm guessing that's probably quite late is it yeah it is is quite late I mean my (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I mean, my I started my pension when I was sixteen because I went into an employed role and it and it paid into it, and I worked for a, a large corporate. Uh, my youngest pension client is twenty eight. What? Um, but I have looked at pensions for people that are in the mid to late forties, and it's the first time they've looked at it, either from starting it or from consolidating pensions that they've acquired during their working life. Yeah. So I'm guessing the later you do it, is it the more you have to put in? Does it work like that? Yeah. So the earlier you start paying in, irrespective of the amount, it's still going in, it's still investing, it's still having that opportunity to grow. Where when you start putting it in later in life, you need to put in more to make up for what you haven't put in. Yeah. I, I mean, you can open pensions for children now. So a child can have a pension from birth. And the idea is, pay for a pension from birth till your child's 18 21 or whatever and then it's got a you know years and years of growth to give them a decent pension in the future but it's fact that the money's going in there earlier right I didn't know you could have a you could open a pension for a baby (laughs) it's just that's bizarre I think you know a lot of my clients um probably don't have pensions or haven't really thought about them um I know you're in my Facebook group, uh, Accounting for Pet Professionals, um, and, you know, I try and get you to advertise in there a lot. Um, and that's, you know, I ask you to do that because I think it's important that people sort of start thinking about that sort of stuff and sort of think about the future and, and getting their pensions sorted and all, all this other stuff. I mean, a lot of people are putting money into stocks and shares, um, ISAs, uh, all of that sort of stuff. Is there a better one or is it just depending on how much risk you're willing to take, I guess? It's it's predominantly what is the objective of that money. Right. So if 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 you're putting money in an ISA because you're saving for something you're going to spend in, in the next sort of three to five years, you don't want it in a pension because then you can't get it. A pension investment is a stocks and shares. The It is invested. But obviously, you're more restricted in terms of when you can access it. Right. I mean, there's statistics saying that there's 4.8 million self-employed people in the UK and only a third of them have got any kind of pension arrangement. Wow. So that's quite shocking. Yeah. Um, state, and I think people just don't trust putting money into pensions. I think trust is a part of it, but I think quite a lot of the clients that I take on board, it's just they didn't really know where to start, who do they talk to, do they have a minimum to go in? How much is it going to cost them to set it up? So all these unknown elements stop people from actually doing anything because it's hard work before you even get started. Yeah, that's true. In all fairness, when I was thinking about it, I, I was probably that person that just thought, oh, I don't bloody know. Like, <laughs> how do I even begin? And um, obviously I spoke to you 
um and then thought actually yeah just you set it up because I don't really know what I'm doing but that that probably is part of the problem is they there's nowhere that really tells you how to do this stuff you know you, you don't do it at school you don't learn it anywhere it's the same with tax returns no one actually really tells you how to do this sort of stuff it's just sort of expected and then you've just got to sort of trudge along and do it um I think people I mean I, I, don't, I don't know I don't have kids do they teach them this now or not <laughs> Again, there is more stuff going through education now from the financial side. I used to be involved in a scheme when I worked at the bank called Fit for Finance. I used to go into high schools and might do a bit of financial education around what is a credit card, et cetera, et cetera. So oh. they are doing more of it now. Um, I don't think it'll go into the level that it needs to. Um, it will eventually hopefully get to where it needs to be. Yeah, and then more people will do it if they don't actually know how to do it. So, all right then. So I'm uh, Mr. Mr. <laughs> Mrs. Client um, and I want to start a pension. How, if, if I was to do that process with you, how, how does it work? So if, if anyone's listening and they think, oh, bloody hell, I need a pension, I haven't done anything, or they've got one from a previous job, it, what is the, the simplified, I guess, process of them getting a pension? If you walk us through that very I know obviously you can't go into masses of detail, but just a brief Yeah, that's fine. So if I get an inquiry through uh from somebody about pension planning, they'll book in an initial consultation. Uh that's at no cost to the client. Uh it's on Zoom and we'll go through an introduction. So I'll go through all my disclosures, talk about you know, my firm that I work, what sort of funds that I use, what the fees are, and we do what I call a fact find. So go through with this prospect uh, if they've got any pensions what's the main concern what are their objectives when are they thinking of retiring we'll do a budgeting exercise what the costs are now how is that going to change in retirement and all that's at no cost um to the prospect if they've got existing pensions they'll sign authority letters for me to write off to those pension providers i'll get that information back in have a look at what they've got. We'll have a further call to say, well, this is what your current pension is going to offer you. This is what I can set up for you. Here's the cost difference. Here's the benefit difference. Would you like to go ahead and, and me to be your advisor going forward? Or is it something that you've gone apart for the future? And all that doesn't cost anything. Right. Unless, as a disclosure, if you've got 10 pensions that you want me to look at, there'll be some sort of fee applied. But generally, if there's sort of three, three or four, I'll do the... Um, I'll look at them and come back and we'll come back and have another call about it to talk about what that's actually going to do. Right. And does the costs, if someone wanted to go ahead, does the cost depend on what sort of pensions they've got or how much they want to put in or is it generally a set fee? So it works two, two different ways. So if there's money moving over, so if someone's got three pensions um, with, a, with a balance and they want me to look after that fund and it moves over to me, it's a percentage of the fund that's coming over. So that's 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 a charge. If someone came to me and said, don't have a pension, never had a pension, but I want to set one up, and my minimum monthly contribution is £100 a month uh, as a minimum, um, and that's there's a fixed fee or a percentage of contributions fee depending on what works best for the client. Right. Okay, and I guess so. It's going to be dependent individually on each client, then. Yeah, yeah. to a degree. But there is a fee structure that I work through in my proposition, so that you you know that you're not going to pay over X or Y because it's that sort of preset out really. So everybody should be pretty consistent in terms of what client one, two, and three got charged will be there or thereabouts. 
the same in line with this this proposition and fee agreement because it's okay. obviously treating customers fairly you can't charge one client significantly more than you charge the other one no no that's fair enough so it's not as complicated maybe as people think it is then it's just finding I guess the right person to to manage it for you and that you trust and you know go from there so it's not really I mean you did mine and it was a really easy process um if you are just as a as a bit of a tip if you are a limited company uh, and you're sat there and you're thinking well maybe I could you know get a pension it is an allowable expense um however as a sole trader it isn't so just bear that in mind uh depending on what legal entity that you guys are uh if you're listening um but yeah no that's fab fabulous quite quite a few don't realize that tax relief pensions so like you get tax relief at your highest marginal rate so if you if someone was doing 100 pounds a month and they were basic rate taxpayers they'll get 25 pound extra in the pot as tax relief right and that that's something that surprised me that people just don't know that but like you say people just don't know what they don't know well exactly and and you know it it's it's just one of the, I think it's one of those topics that whenever you talk about finance or money or pension stocks all that sort of stuff it kind of just scares people um and I was the same even when you were talking to me about the stocks and shares I said I was a bit like oh god it sounds too scary but actually it was fine <laughs> you just gotta get someone to do it for you is uh, is my moral and then you you won't go wrong so do you work with um I know you've been on my group do you work with many pet businesses what sort of pet businesses do you have you done work for so far yeah, I've probably got about six to eight pet businesses on my books now. Okay. Um, the majority of my clients are self-employed clients. Some might have some pensions that I look after that they acquired during their employed lifetime, but the majority are self-employed. Uh, age range is probably majority of my clients between thirty-five and forty-five. So the sort of you seem you seem to attract. I don't know if it works the same for you, Vicky, but sort of like attract like so a lot of my clients are female like say similar age to me parents I seem to attract like people like me to a degree yeah I I find that quirky uh, you know (laughs) I mean some of your clients have said more than one of your clients has said oh I can see why you work well with Vicky you're very similar (laughs) yeah Yeah, we don't hold back Uh, what you see is what you get I think with us too um but no, we do get on very well. Uh, and I'm glad I found you actually for the group because I know you have helped a lot of my clients and obviously a lot of people from the group. So um, if you are in the group, then Laura is in there. If you want to ask any questions um, or if you want to contact her, you can uh, find her in the group uh, or we will put her details uh, on the bottom of this podcast um, for anyone that wants to, to give Laura a call or drop her an email. Uh, right, so we've got some questions sent in. Uh, my few people so I will start at the top this is from Jo um she's been a teacher she's got a teacher's pension for a few years and obviously now she's gone self-employed what how does she work that the teacher's pension like a lot of uh, the classes like government funded schemes you can't move them so it'd stay it's she'd keep a teacher's pension but she could set up a private pension to pay out of it now she's self-employed and it, the teacher's pension should just be taken into account for any forecasting in terms of what our retirement income is going to look like. So not all pensions are movable for various reasons. Yeah. 
Okay. So if you're a teacher, you can't move it, but yeah. obviously we can you can include it in your calculations. Yep. Fabulous. Well, I hope that answers your question, Joe. Um, this is a message from Jenny. What's the best way uh, to consolidate all your pensions? Is it best to consolidate them into one or just to keep them all separate? Okay. So it's it's on an individual basis. So when you look at when I look at pension consolidations for client costs are taken into account. So is it more expensive to consolidate and leave it where it was? Mm-hmm. Is the pension where it is going to give you what you want? Does it have flexible drawdown as an option? Is it in some sort of lifestyling fund? All these all the things to look at in the analysis to see is can it give you what you want effectively? Because if it doesn't, even though it might be more expensive to move it that might be better for your future planning and what you want to achieve in your retirement. So it's very much advisory based. Right. Okay. So it's going to depend on how many you've got, what's involved with them, whether to consolidate them or not. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Um, Thank you, Jenny. Um, Louise has got about seven questions in one. So let me just break this down. Um, If I use my money or if I put my money into shares and bonds, I will lose it all. What's less risk? Okay. So part of uh, being onboarded as a client is we do uh, an attitude to risk assessment. So you fill in a questionnaire and it tells me what your risk profile is. So are you cautious? Are you balanced? Are you adventurous? Like What are your thoughts and feelings around money and investment risk? And that's the starting point for where your money is invested because it's your money, it's not mine. And you've got to be 100% comfortable with the risk that you're taking. So, again, that's very much an individual point of view. Your funds are invested in a pension. Even if it's in an old employee pension, it'll still be invested. So you're always taking some degree of investment risk. But sometimes on pensions that your employer set up for you, it might not be in line with your risk profile. It might be more cautious or it might be more risky than what you are comfortable with. So, again, that's that's taken into account as to whether it stays where it is or whether it's better being moved to a fund that's more in, in line with your attitude to risk. Okay. So I don't think stocks and shares are necessarily, you're not going to lose it all, but it depends what you put it in, isn't it, really, whether you put it in a high-risk one or a low-risk one? Because the one that we did um, was, I think it was like medium, wasn't it? Because I was a bit on the fence. <laughs> couldn't quite decide um, I think even that made quite a bit of money before I had to pull it out yeah the thing is when uh, when I do investments for clients it's a, what it's diversified investments mm. so I don't put all the all the clients money in ABC limited it'll go into a portfolio which will be anything between 12 and 16 different funds wow. which will include bonds different types of equities geographical splits um sector splits so effectively you're not putting all your eggs in one basket and therefore that reduces your risk right yeah no that makes sense so louise not necessarily won't necessarily lose it all just depends on your level of risk that you want to take um she's next question was how much should i put away for a half decent return so i'm guessing um that's linked to the pension is is there a set amount or is it, is it, again, it's probably going to be on an individual basis, but is there an average amount to put away to get a half decent return on, or is it not easy to work out? Everything comes down to affordability. So when I set pensions up for self-employed people, I will say, you give me a direct debit that you can comfortably make, no matter what happens on in your business, every month you're going to be able to afford it. 
then when you get to the end of your tax year, if you've got surplus cash in your business and you want to top up your pension, then we'll do it then. So only commit to an amount monthly that you're comfortable with. There's a which survey that says that you should, for a comfortable retirement, you're probably looking at you want an income of around 31000 when you retire to cover like basic costs plus holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, so as depending when you start saving, depending, it depends how much you've got to put away to, to get £31,000 in retirement. Right. Okay. Imagine quite a bit. <laughs> what did we say the state pension gave you at the end of the year? What was it? Uh, £9,627. That's based on 30 years in national insurance contributions. So if you've had a break in and I contributions, you might not be entitled to your full state pension. So there you go. If that's not incentive enough, I don't know what it is. Nine grand. It's not a lot, is it? No. Um, next question from Helen. Um, I'm scared as once this money is in the pension, I can't access it if I need it. Do I have to do a monthly payment or can I do one-off payments here and there if I have dispensable income near the end of the tax year? Yeah, so you can do lump sums or you can do regulars. It, once it's in a pension, it is in a pension. Uh, as, as she said, you can't you can't get it out. Uh, if you're saving, if you if you think you might need the money before retirement, then you're better looking at putting it into a, into an ISO as opposed to into a pension. You just obviously you're not getting the tax relief there, but you're still getting the investment growth. Yeah. yeah. Fabulous. Um, all right. There's a message from Gary. Um, again, it's quite long. Um, I have two old private pensions and two old work pensions. I haven't paid anything into them since becoming self-employed. Is it best to combine them and start paying in an amount or just leave them and start a new pension? Um, I don't know where to get info about the possible fees on each pension if I was going to combine them. I guess that's sort of similar to the last one, isn't it? Yeah, so this is so if if Gary came to me, I would write off to those four pension providers, find out where it was invested, what it was costing him, see if it could achieve his objectives in terms of what sort of accessing um, options were open to him. And then we'd do a cost comparison and say, well, you can leave them where you are, but you can't do A, B and C, or you could move them over to a new pension and I can look after it. And the cost for that would be be this. In all honesty, a lot of the pensions that I move over, it's more expensive. Uh, as an on an ongoing cost basis from a from a fund point of view and one of the reasons for that is a lot of people's old employee pensions had very very low charges because obviously the employees giving it you know it's going out to thousands and thousands of, of staff therefore the the pension providers discount the fees so it's often more expensive to move it but the benefits will outweigh the cost difference yeah no that makes sense is there uh... Uh, is it uh, and I have a feeling you're probably going to say you can't answer this but I'm going to ask it anyway <laughs> um is so isn't ice better than a pension or vice versa or does it purely depend on what you want that money for depends on what the money's for so what the objective of the money is the main difference between a, a stocks and shares ISA and, and a pension is obviously you don't get the tax relief on your ISA contributions where you get tax relief on your pension contributions Right. Okay. If you yeah. put a hundred pounds into an ISA, you'd be investing a hundred pounds. If you put a hundred pounds into a pension, you're getting that twenty-five pound tax relief base. If you're based on being a basic rate, or you know, 
tax relief. So yeah. effectively, a pension gives you free money from that point of view because the government want us to save for our own retirement because they don't want to be funding it. We're an aging population. We've got increasing costs as we get older. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're more fitter in our old age. That said, long-term care is extremely expensive if you've ever had anybody go into care. Mm. Um, so they want us to be funding our own retirement, not relying on the state pension. Plus, yeah. as we've already touched on, your state pension, unless you want to uh, retire in poverty, isn't going to be giving you the retirement that you want, really. Well, yeah, exactly. Ten grand. It's ridiculous. Um, right, final question from Daisy, um, which is a really good question. If I committed to paying in a certain amount per month and my circumstances changed, can you change your monthly payments or, or, or are they set? No, they can be changed. I do... Uh, try and make sure clients, as I said before, commit to something they're comfortable with on an ongoing basis. But if someone wanted to change it, and some have changed it, then yes, I can change it. It's just the admin to edit the direct debit, but then I've, it's not as straightforward as one piece of admin because obviously it, it changes the tax relief as well. Right, okay. So, yeah, so basically, yes, you can, but there'll be a bit of admin involved. Yep. Fabulous. Well, that's all the questions that were sent in. So thank you for doing that. Um, I hope that's been helpful for people. It it can be quite um, I guess, an in-depth topic pensions, and it is very dependent on the individual. So if you are listening and you haven't got a pension um and you don't know where to start, then hopefully this has given you a few answers to to help with that. And also if you want to get in touch with Laura. Um, like I say, the details will be on the podcast. Uh, she's always in the group. Um, so if you've got any questions, then feel free to add, ask them in the group. Um, and yeah, just think about what you want to do in the future. You know, I, I was one that didn't really think about it. And now I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> like started a bit late. Um, and yeah, just remember, if you are a limited company, you could take advantage of that and, and put your pension contributions through that. Um, and again, if there's any anything that we've talked about that you want some clarification on, uh, then feel free to give me a call, or drop me an email. Um, and yeah, no, thank you, Laura, for taking the time for doing that. That's good. It's good to come on just to reiterate none of this is uh, advice. <laughs> um, so if, if all advice is on a one-to-one personalised uh, basis, as I mentioned before, calls with me. Um, we're pretty like 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 you said we're, we're both pretty down to earth it, it it's probably um nowhere near as uh onerous as you think it's going to be and it doesn't cost you anything to have have that initial call and just get get a feel for what your options are so like like you said i'm in the group and my details will be on here if you if you want to want to touch base and I have to just say, as, as a last thing, Laura is amazing with mortgages and has had a barrage of swear words from me on a regular basis <laughs> because of some of the absolute crap that they've been asking for. Um, so I can definitely say Laura is resilient um, because, yeah, she, she does get a lot of Fs and Jeffs from me on a regular basis. And then, <laughs> and then I calm down and then we just laugh. Um, but yes, no, if you are looking for a mortgage, I cannot recommend Laura highly enough because um, she's done wonders for me on that side. So 
yeah, mortgage pensions, whatever you need financial wise. Um, just remember that um, everyone's qualified to do different things. I can't do stuff that Laura does and vice versa. So if you are looking for specialist advice, just make sure that you do go to the correct people uh, and make sure that they have got the correct credentials before you start taking any legal advice. Um, but yes, brilliant. We'll leave it there. Thank you so, so much, Laura, for joining us. Um, and we will see you guys again soon uh, for some more exciting podcasts on some different topics. Um, if you want a podcast on a certain topic that you're confused with, then just let me know uh, and we'll do that. Not a problem. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Enjoy the sun uh, and stay safe. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Cheers, Vicky. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.